0: Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now here's Pastor Crystal Sparks. Hey, we're so glad that you're here at the Church Ray City on this special Baptism Sunday. Um, Just a fun fact, I've never preached on Baptism Sunday. This is my first, so we'll see if Brian asks me to do it ever again, so we'll see. I always let him do Baptism Sunday because I'm usually just crying so much I can't take it. How special was that, all those people getting baptized? Oh my goodness. There's some things that never get old, and that's one of them, Man. Every time my kids are like, mom, are you going to cry? I'm like, yes, I'm going to cry. Every single time um, when their little feet hit the water and Alyssa, that was the last one to get baptized, today was her birthday. And when she came out of the water, she goes, I know that was a good picture. I said, I love it. You know a Church RC kid when you see them. They're confident, amen? Uh, I love it. She goes, I know that was a good picture. So hey, if you're joining us today, uh, you're on our last part of See the World series that we've been in, and it's been a great series. How many of y'all were here last Sunday for Vision Sunday? So good, so good. Man, uh, Brian did a great job just talking about what we're doing as a church. And I left church last Sunday just feeling like, man, nothing is impossible. Like if God be for us, who could be against us? I just felt like, whoo! I felt energized and excited. So if you missed out on that message, you wanna be sure, jump over to our podcast and listen to that. So today we're gonna be in Luke chapter five. I'm gonna read out of the Amplified, as is my custom, because I love the Amplified Bible. I believe it's the Bible that Jesus reads. And all the girls in the house said... Thank you. I see you out there. I see you. All right, Luke chapter five. It says, now it occurred that while uh, the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the message of God, he was standing by the lake of the Sea of Galilee. And he saw two boats drawn up by the lake, but the fishermen had gone down from them and were washing their nets. And getting into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Peter, he requested him to draw away a little from the shore. Then he sat down and continued to teach the crowd of people from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Peter, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a haul. And Peter answered, master, we toiled all night exhaustingly and caught nothing in our nets, but on the ground of your word, I will lower the nets again. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And as their nets were at the point of breaking, they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and take hold with them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Can I pray with you this morning? Jesus, we just thank you, Father, that this is a God-appointed word at a God-appointed time. Father, we declare in this house that every ear be open and receptive, that every heart will be softened for the seed of the word of God. Father, we declare in this house that every life will be changed, that no one will leave the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody who believed it said, amen. amen. You know, I love YouTube. I really love YouTube. You know, I think back over my junior high years and I think about how much cooler I would have been if I had YouTube. I mean, seriously, like back in my day, when, because I'm 25, um, you don't have to laugh. <laughs> It's Really, it's good. Um, But back then, all we had was Seventeen Magazine, right? And you waited for Seventeen Magazine to come, and it told you how to put on your makeup and the right makeup to wear and what was in style. Now my daughter's friends, who are 11 and 12, do their makeup better than me. And they're the one telling me that my contour isn't right, that my highlight's not on fleek, all this stuff, right? I mean, it's bad when a 12-year-old is giving you advice on how to do your hair and your makeup. But I mean, literally everything I've ever need to know in life, I've found out how to do it on YouTube. I mean, YouTube is really the best. Recently, I um, was trying to get the paint matched in our bedroom. We had a spot fixed and uh, Brian had gone to Sherwin-Williams to try to get a match of the paint. And it was unsuccessful, it was too dark, so there's like this big dark streak on our wall in our bedroom, it was pretty awesome. And uh, so I was like, don't worry about it, honey, I'll take care of it, I'll go back to Sherwin-Williams and take it back. So I go back to Sherwin-Williams, and the guy goes, listen, this is what I need you to do. I need you to bring back a piece of your wall. Well, when he said a piece of your wall, I picture Chip and Joanna Gaines, like fixer upper, like I'm about to go demo day in my house. I'm like, you want a piece of my wall? And he's like, yes, you have to bring a piece of your wall for me to be able to match it. And I was like, how big is this piece? He's like, oh, about the size of like a quarter. And I was like, okay, well, no problem. Like, I've got this. So I called Brian very calmly. I was like, well, I took back the paint. And the good news is we just have to bring a piece of our wall and he'll match it. A piece of our wall? Like he starts freaking out. We are not going to give them a piece of our wall. And I said, well, he said it's like totally normal. He's like, you're acting like it's no big deal. Like you're going to come in here and just demo out a whole piece of our wall. And I'm like, yes, it's going to be fine. So I did what you would do. I looked on YouTube, and I looked on there to find out if there's a way that you could take a piece out of your wall and recover it where your husband won't know that it's there. Amen. And for those of you ladies that don't know, there is a great YouTube tutorial out there on how to do this. And so I got home and I felt pumped because now I'm trained by YouTube on how to do demo day construction and reconstruction all on the same day. And so I was like, okay, so I get home and Brian's on the phone. And so I did what any good wife would do. I I was waiting for him to get off the phone to get his permission to take a piece of the wall. Well, he didn't get off the phone. So I took that like you would take it. I took it as permission to take a piece out of the wall. So I did the smart thing because I was feeling brave to take a piece out of the wall after I watched the YouTube tutorial, but I wasn't so brave that I wasn't gonna watch for him to walk in at any moment, especially with a sharp object in my hand. So I'm squatting down and I'm by the window and I'm watching out the window as he's outside and I'd take another piece and then I'd look out the window to see if he was coming in and I'd take another piece. Cause I was like, he's not about to surprise me, because if he walks in the room, I have to let him know that my act of rebellion is really an act of education, because I'm now trained by YouTube on how to take take a piece out of the wall. So I got the piece and he was still on the phone. So I just very quietly got into my car and drove to Sherwin Williams. I got there and I slid the piece of the wall across the table. I said, sir, this is an act of treason. We must get this color matched immediately so I can go back and recover the piece in the wall before my husband finds out. Well, the good news is, is that I successfully got the paint matched and everything's fine. And you can't even tell that there was a piece of our wall missing now. So for all those that don't know, YouTube can teach you anything. I've learned how to make great cups of coffee off of YouTube. I've learned how to do all kinds of things, how to braid my daughter's hair. Can I get an amen? All kinds of stuff. Well, my son loves YouTube. He loves YouTube. And in fact, he loves this one guy named Corey Kinchin. Have you guys ever heard of him? Some of you are looking around. Some of you know no gamers in the house. Well, he walks you through on video games. And my son will spend hours watching Corey Kenshin. And he walks you through on how to get through levels. And then he has funny commentary on how to get through to the next level on these video games. And my son, I'm sitting there and he's laughing and he's watching. I said, Bear, do you play any of these games that he's talking about? He's like, no. Are you ever going to play any of the games that he's talking about? I don't know. And I was like, so why do you watch him? He's like, he's just funny. I don't know. And, and I'm sitting there watching him. And I said, how many of his videos have you watched? He goes, I don't know, probably like all of them. And I'm like, but you're never gonna play any of the games he's telling you how to beat. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting there and I'm listening to him. And I begin to think about how it's a lot like church. And we've heard every message. Well, I've heard that scripture before. I've heard that before. And we kind of treat it like a Corey Kinchin YouTube video. And our information that we know exceeds our level of obedience. And we have everything we know. We know how to overcome. We know how to go to the next level, but we're just not doing anything with it. We're we're hearing all the information, but we're sitting week after week. I don't know. How am I going to overcome my finances? I don't know. How am I gonna make it work in my marriage? I don't know. And yet at the same time, this isn't just a walkthrough. Church isn't a walkthrough for you to come and us to tell you like, hey, this is how we're so awesome. No, it's a place where we come in and we get equipped with God's word so we can go do what he's called us to do. See, Corey Kenshin does the videos not to entertain you, but they're there so you can go do it again. It's they're there so you can go out and do the level again and this time not fail, but actually succeed. And I wanna tell you that every Sunday when you come in here, it's us giving you a walkthrough and telling you how to overcome in life and it's for you then to now go out and to do it again but this time to not be defeated but to actually succeed I love this story in Luke chapter 5 like I love this story in Luke chapter 5 I could spend over an hour talking to you about how much I love this story in Luke chapter 5 What's interesting in this story is that this is when Jesus calls Peter to follow him. But what's interesting, and I want to let you know that this is not Peter's first time to see Jesus. In fact, most scholars would agree that he was there whenever Jesus did the first miracle where he turned water into wine. Peter was there in that room when that happened. In fact, Peter was there when he watched Jesus get baptized by John the Baptist and the Holy Spirit descended as a dove upon Jesus and the clouds parted and said, this is my son. And whom I'm well pleased. So this is not Peter's first encounter with Jesus. He had been around Jesus many times before. And what's interesting I find in this text is most of the time, whenever Jesus is speaking and and teaching in the Bible, it tells us what he was talking about. In fact, the Sermon on the Mount tells us different things, and and the story about the lost son and and the parable of the sower. All these things were stories and messages Jesus was preaching that the author later on told us about. What I think is interesting here. Here is in Luke, it makes no mention what Jesus was teaching. It tells us nothing whether he taught on the deep revelation of the New to Old Testament or whether that he was the Son of God it tells us nothing. It's completely silent about what he was teaching. But what I think is interesting here is that there's somewhere along the way, Jesus got into Peter's boat and from there he asked him something. He said, I want you to go out deeper and I want you to cast your nets again. And what I think is interesting is Peter never shared with Jesus that he was in a dark place in his life. It doesn't tell us that Peter said, hey, listen, I just had the worst night fishing of my life. You know, if you're going to have Jesus show up on scene in your life, somebody help me preach this. If you're going to have Jesus show up in your life, you want it to be a day that you woke up early and did your devotional time. That you didn't scream at your kids. You didn't lose it on your husband. You didn't cut a hole out of your wall. Amen. Like that's the time you want Jesus to show up in your life. You don't want him to show up in your life when you're washing your nets when you're calling it quits, when you're about to pack up and leave this thing, you're so done, you're so disappointed, but that's the time that Jesus chose to show up in his life. Jesus is not intimidated by what you call failure. He's not intimidated by it. And here's the thing is I found this, that after you're around Jesus for a while, he has a way of getting in and touching the places that hurt the most in your life. He doesn't mind getting in your mess. He doesn't mind talking about the stuff that you don't want to talk about. Because if we'll all just be real honest, there's areas of our life that we don't revisit. There's memories we'd rather not talk about. There's things in our mind that we don't want to share with you. Because if we shared with you, you would think we were crazy. But Jesus in a moment will show up in your deepest, darkest moment and he will put his finger on everything and begin to mess with it. And that's exactly what we see Jesus doing here. The first thing he does is he gets him to leave his place. Comfort. He's like, I want you to go out deeper than you've ever been. You know, I think a lot of us, just side note, I think we never get to see Jesus do all that he wants to do because we're unwilling to leave a place of comfort. And sometimes you need to get out so far that if you want to quit, you won't be able to quit. You're so far deep. He's like, I want you to go out into the deep waters. And then he tells them, I want you to confront the places where you feel like you failed, I want you to revisit those places. You know, I think it's interesting that we don't really wanna talk about things that hurt us because if we'll just be real honest, we're trained our whole lives to avoid the places of pain. If something hurts us, we're not real prone to want to do it again. If we fail once, we're not real prone to do it again. And what I think is interesting is that's really not built into our nature because if you've ever watched a baby begin to walk, it fails a lot of time before it actually is successful walking. Or how about when you learned how to ride a bike? Nobody rode a bike their first time. It was after many failures that you actually were able to do it. So somewhere in the pathology of life, in our journey of life, we get trained into this thing that if I can't do it perfect, the first time, then it's not worth doing. And that's actually the opposite because anybody who ever succeeded in something great always failed their way there. They didn't succeed their way there. They failed their way forward. I love the story of Sir Edmund Hillary. He had a dream of climbing Mount Everest. I don't know why you would wanna do that, but he did. I have friends that like to go mountain climbing, side note, In their free time. That just seems like crazy to me. But this guy, he had a dream of climbing Mount Everest. Nobody had ever done it before. On his first attempt up, while he was up going up the mountain, he lost his best friend. His best friend passed away on the side of the mountain. He descended, come back down, completely heartbroken at the failure. They ran out of supplies. His men were about to be malnourished, so they had to tap out and quit. Whenever they came down, they met interviewers in London and they were just asking him how he felt about his failed attempt. The whole time during the interview, he had a picture of Mount uh, Everest beside him. And I love this so much. He, uh, he said this, Mount Everest, you may have defeated me, but I will return and defeat you. You can't become any bigger, but I can come become bigger and greater than you. You know, I love that because he didn't let one time strike him out. He didn't let losing stuff. See, he turned his pain into power. And I think when we begin to recycle our pain, God begins to turn it into something powerful. He could have chosen just to say, well, let the story be written that I lost my best friend. But he decided, you know what? I'm not gonna lose my best friend for nothing. I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna do it again. And this time I'm gonna be bigger. I'm gonna be stronger. And I'm gonna be more equipped to do what I'm supposed to do. On May 29th, 1953, he succeeded and was the first person to ever climb to the top of Mount Everest. See, let me just tell you, he didn't do that by chance. He did it because he was willing to do it again. See, you've got to begin to lean into the thing that seems like hurts you. And I'll just tell you, I can tell what you're anointed to do and called to do by the areas you've been hurt the most. The area of your pain tells me where you're supposed to. Some of, uh, we have a couple in our church, the most amazing people you will ever find to counsel you through marriage. You know why they're awesome at counseling people through broken marriages? Because they were on the brink of divorce. They were just moments away from tapping out and God supernaturally healed their marriage. And because of their pain, now they turn their pain into power and they've seen dozens of marriages restored, not because they're great, but because they've decided, I'm not gonna let my pain be for nothing. And in your own life, I can tell where God's calling you because I can look in your life and see the places that you were hurt the most. See, the enemy knows if he can make you hurt, he can make you stop. And it's when you keep going, even when you hurt, that you begin to see all that God wants to do. Here Jesus is, he's like, Peter, I wanna do something great with you, but I wanna ask you a question. Are you willing to do it again? Are you willing to do it again? And I love what Peter says, because he says, Lord, I've toiled all night. Now, toiled isn't a word that we use in our own modern day vernacular. My kids have never come home from school and said, Mom, I toiled all day in grammar. (laughs) Like never have they said that. But toiled, that word there is actually meaning he was completely spent emotionally, physically, and mentally. He's telling Jesus, I have absolutely nothing else to give. I feel like I'm standing here before you. I'm completely broken. There's nothing left to give. Have you ever felt like that? Like you toiled all night? Uh, he, in other words, he's saying, Jesus, I know that you're a really great carpenter. I mean, I see you, Jesus, you know, you're the son of God and you're a great carpenter, but you don't know anything about fishing. In other words, I'll break it down to you this way. Have you ever had a single person try to give you married people marriage advice? What you need to do is, and you're like, oh honey, or let me put it to you this way. Have you ever had somebody who doesn't have kids tell you how to raise your kids? Yeah, I'm like, honey, you don't even know. Um, I remember there was one time, I'm pretty sure Braylee was possessed by a demon. Um, I'm almost positive. Uh, We were at Walmart and she was manifesting on the ground. Um, Some of you call it tantrums. I call it demonic manifestation. Seriously, like their eyes change. They turn into something else. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Can I get a witness? (sighs) And she's manifesting in the aisle. It's nap time, and she's hungry. I mean, it was bad. And Bear's in the uh, buggy, and he's manifesting as well. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. And Brian's gone at the fire department. And this little cute 18-year-old girl that looked like she never pushed a baby out of her body in her life. Come on, somebody all perfect with my war-scarred body standing here just like every ounce of strength I have to stand behind this buggy with food for my family. And she looks at me with just judgment and criticism. Y'all know what I'm talking about, that look. She didn't have to say anything. But the way she looked at me, said it all. I said, oh, honey, let me just tell you, I know you don't believe this, but one day you will be me. And this will be your kids. And you'll look back at this moment and you won't look at me with judgment. You'll look at me with compassion. I know you don't believe it. And I know you think you know better, but you don't know better. Somebody, y'all know what I'm talking about. So here Peter is, he's like, Jesus, I know you're cute. You're the son of God. And I know that you've done a lot of awesome things. You don't know nothing about fishing. He's like, I've toiled all night and I've caught nothing. See, nighttime is the time that fishermen would go out to fish. It was their peak time. If they were going to have any success, they would go out during the nighttime hours. The sun had already crests upon a new day. In other words, Peter's letting him know, I've already passed my season, Jesus. My opportunity is gone. If I was Stephen Verdick, I would say, I can't work my window anymore. He's like, I can't do it anymore. Jesus, my time is past. Have you ever gone through a time in your life where you feel like you missed your opportunity? Like Brian said the other day, if you ever want to get somebody depressed, talk to them about how they missed window stock at the beginning. I mean, you missed your opportunity. He's saying, Jesus, I just missed out. My time's over. I'm spent. And I love this because in Lamentations 3, through 23, It says, though the Lord's mercies, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. See, it's sweet to read a scripture like that, but Peter was living that scripture. Because as the sun crests on a brand new day, Jesus is saying, quit Quit talking to me about yesterday's hurt, yesterday's disappointment, yesterday's failures, yesterday's poor attempt. And I want to talk to you about today is a new day full of new provision, new promises, new hope, new resurrection power, that today is a new day. This is the absolute personification of that. But here's the thing is that you're never going to see today's opportunity looking through the lens of yesterday's failures and so many of us are seeing the world through yesterday's pain yesterday's hurt yesterday's disappointment I sit across the table from people all the time telling me about the hurt from 20 years ago I'm sorry what happened 20 years ago but at some point in your life you got to say it was 20 years ago and God's got a better day for me tomorrow I'm not going to stay in yesterday's pain I'm going to move forward And it's like Jesus is saying, that's fine. If you want to stay back in yesterday's failure, you can stay. But I've got a new promise today. And I have a new provision for you today. And the question is, are you willing to do it again? Because here's the thing. Everything in God, you have a choice. I can't make you choose it. Brian can't make you choose it. The band can't make you choose it. At some point in your life, you are going to have to decide, I'm going to take it back. I'm no longer going to be victim to what everybody else has said about me, what everybody else has done to me, everything that's gone on in my life. I am taking it back and I'm going to do it again. Because it's a new day. Here Peter is and he's got a choice to make and you have a choice to make. Are you going to stay in pain or go into promise? Are you gonna sit here and tell me about the way it was? Are you gonna start talking to me about the way it's going to be, the way that it is? See, Jesus knew how to get Peter to where he wanted to be. But the question is, is will you let God in? Will you let God lead? And will you let go of your timeline? The miracle started when Peter said, yeah, you can get in my boat. Some of you, the biggest decision you'll make today, right now in this service, is letting Jesus into your heart and into your life. But here's the thing is you can let Jesus into your heart and in your life and sit your boat on the shore for the rest of your life and be just like I was talking about in the beginning about Corey Kinchin. Listen to Jesus messages, hear it. Isn't that cute? It gave me goosebumps. Or, but here's the thing is you got to let God lead and God's always going to lead you to a place of discomfort. And a place where you feel like you're in over your head and a place where it feels like you have nothing else to stand on. Why? Because he wants you to realize that at the end of yourself, there he is. And then the next thing is, you're gonna have to let go of your timeline. You're gonna have to let go of your timeline. That's the hard part, isn't it? It'd be easy if Jesus was like an instant miracle God, but sometimes it doesn't work that way. I love what Peter tells him. He says, on the ground of your word. I love this scripture in Isaiah 61 verse seven in the message. It says, because you got a double dose of trouble and more than your share of contempt, your inheritance in the land will be doubled. Somebody say doubled. doubled. Say like you mean it, say doubled. doubled. Doubled and your joy go on forever. See, I love this because it lets me know that anything the enemy takes from me, I'm gonna get double in return. So that means you get double for your trouble. You're going to get double for your trouble. See, what I think is interesting here is that Peter would have been happy to just catch a few fish. I mean, when you've caught nothing, two is a big blessing. In fact, you could even say two is a double blessing, right? Right. But it says that not one boat was filled. It says that both boats were filled. And that lets me know this, that so many times in our life, we get so caught up in the pain that we're so unwilling to try again and go out again, that we miss that in our obedience, not only is our life getting filled, but the lives of those who are connected with us. And I wanna tell you, the reason why you're fighting so hard right now in your mind and in your finances and your marriage is because the enemy knows that if you get your breakthrough, everybody who's connected with you is going to get their breakthrough too. Come on, somebody. Man, this gets me excited. And we're so inward focused that we think it's all about us and I don't feel like it and I'm in a lot of pain. And we miss that. All of our partners are about to get the biggest blessing of their life. Let me just tell you, I'll just bring it to you this way. I'm the first generation Christian in my family. And it didn't come being easy. It didn't come because, oh, it was a cute little church service. And I just had it all easy and rainbows and unicorns. No, I have had to fight for every step. But not only has my boat been filled, but my sister's sitting in this service, my mom's sitting in this service, and all my family's serving the Lord. Double. You'll get double for your trouble. Yeah, I know the enemy took from you, but God wants to give you double, but you gotta be willing to do it again. You're not gonna see double on the shore. You're not gonna see double on just taking it easy. I love what Peter says, on the ground of your word, I'll do it again. In Romans 10, 17, it tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith comes by and hearing by the See, I love this because Jesus could have showed up in his life at any point, point, any moment, any time. But here we see that Peter has sat through the message whenever Jesus turned the water into wine. Peter has sat through the time when he watched Jesus get baptized. And now he sat through a third time of Jesus speaking. See, he had a ground of God's word in his heart. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you is what David wrote in Psalms. Or how about this in Psalms 26, 12. It says, my foot stands on an even place. A Habakkuk 319 puts it like this he makes my feet like hinds' feet so I can walk in high places in other words he's standing in water on a boat and he says on the ground of your word see his word is my sure foundation or if I were to sing it in a song I say all other ground is sinking sand come on somebody in other words what he's saying is every time I heard your word a foundation was getting put into my heart every time I heard your word all of a sudden I begin to get a new ground put into my heart see when you come into church it isn't about a message it isn't about a song but every time you're in church you are getting a ground of god's word putting in every time i sit in the morning and i open up my bible and i begin to read it i don't read it for religious obligation i read it because it's on the ground of his word that i begin to step out and do the impossible do you want me to let you know the reason why i know you can do what god's called you to do It's because you're sitting in this message right now and you're hearing his word and his word's coming into your heart and it's equipping you. And you may not feel like you have what you need, but let me tell you, his word is enough. And Peter's saying, on the ground of your word, I'll do it. I love this in Isaiah 45, verse three. It says, I will give to you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of the secret places. I love that. In other words, you can just say it like this. God knows how to get what you want to you. God knows how to make that business deal work. God knows how to turn that business around. God knows where everything you need is, and all you have to do is say, Lord, on the ground of your word, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. If Brad can come to the keys and I'm finishing, which means nothing. How many of y'all love Jesus? Any good? See, I picture this story going down, like him not making it the first time. I see him having to cast his net over and over and over again. See, we want immediate results, but sometimes in God, it's gonna take you doing it over and over and over again. And it's in the us being willing to do it again that God begins to bring in everything that we need. He received the biggest blessing of his life right there in that moment. And beyond that, Jesus speaks to him, you're no longer gonna be a fisher of men. I mean, a fisher of fish, you're gonna be a fisher of men, a fisher of people. In other words, I can tell your calling by your deepest place of hurt. And the thing that you thought hurt you and disqualified you, I'm now gonna use to call you into your full destiny, your full purpose. I wanna ask you a question. Can you do it again? Can you begin to trust God again? Believe again, arise again, go again, give again. Because I promise you this, on the other side, you're gonna see the greatest blessing you've ever seen, but it's in your willingness to do it again. Can you bow your head? I'd love to pray with you right now as we close this time. I wanna ask you a question. How come you aren't in a relationship? How come you have a hard time trusting people and and you get into rooms and you withhold your heart? I just feel the Holy Spirit just asking you, are you willing to trust again? Some of you have had the hardest time and I feel it's so strong. There's somebody here in this place, you've been into churches before and you've gotten hurt. People that were you supposed to trust, they they hurt you. And instead of coming in and getting helped, you you walked in and got hurt. Lord wants to ask you a question, can you trust again? Some of you are having a hard time trusting God and it seems like you've been disappointed a lot of times and things didn't go the way you wanted to and I just feel God just asking you the question, are you willing to trust him again? Jesus, we just thank you, Father, for who you are. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to have your way in us. And Lord, where we've been feeling defeated and we feel like fenced in and failure and and just disappointment has weighed us down that God right now I just thank you that your word says that you'll give us double so father we cling to your promise and we declare that father our greatest blessing our greatest season is out in front of us that Lord we refuse to continue to see today's promise through yesterday's disappointments and father right now we just choose to believe that if you said it we believe it and we'll do it whatever you ask us to do Jesus The Church RC. We aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Church RC. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.